0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Welcome back to the Overtalk podcast. It has been a very long time. I'm super happy to be back with my lovely co-host here, Aravori. Lots has been going on, as you guys know, we haven't been doing this podcast for a couple of weeks, and if you look behind me, I mean, I'm in a very different area, so we'll talk about that here in a second, but uh, yeah, how are you doing, armory?
2: I'm good. Yeah, you're you're so right. We have so much to talk about. For for both of us, things have changed drastically, so I'm excited. So how about you? What What's going on? What is going on in Highway's life?
1: Well, for starters, like I said, I'm in a new area, so I've actually... Completed my move to California that I've been planning for a long time. Um, I've I've started to do real estate out here. Um, I'm I'm a real estate agent. So basically, a lot of the past couple weeks have been moving all of my stuff from across the country to come all the way out here. Getting our office set up, making sure I'm all set up, knowing where I'm going to live, that kind of stuff. So it's been really crazy. Um, I've been I've been super busy, but um, I gotta tell you, it's beautiful out here. I mean, I, I live near a bunch of mountains. The other day I had to go out 17 miles into a mountain to do a showing for a client. And it was just like that we didn't even have cell service. It was so detached from society, but it was just like rolling mountains and like forest and creeks and lakes. It, it was beautiful. So really enjoying it out here, but that's been pretty much my, my main life change has been moving out to here and starting a new job. So what about you?
2: Yeah, so I've had a pretty similar journey, right? We're going both of us kind of went east coast to to west coast here, except for I'm a little bit more northern. Uh, I'm I'm out here in Vancouver, we're right downtown, and I'm staying in in an apartment downtown, and it is also just gorgeous, just rolling mountains everywhere here too. Actually, uh, from my balcony, you can see like the part of the Rockies, just like down past the skyline of the of the city it's gorgeous especially at night here just everything's so bright and vivid and you know I just love it so much and and also like something that I've never really gotten to experience much because even when I was living in Dallas like I, li- I lived in downtown Dallas for about a year um you know that was when COVID happened so I'd never got to experience like actually being able to live in a city and being able to get to everything within like walking distance and explore but now that like um you know people aren't quarantining as much and it's just so great I just love being able to be like damn I want some coffee and then being able to just walk outside and go to like a local coffee shop it's amazing I love it there's a Costco two minutes outside of our door it's it's awesome but yeah so So both of us have been moving, and both of us have traveled, and now we are Pacific gamers.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and walkable cities really are awesome. Um, The one I'm in is not, but the downtown (laughs) area is completely beautiful. You can, like, park your car and just, like, go walk and walk and walk and see all kinds of stuff. So really happy to be here. Totally understand. I'm glad that your move has also gone well. Um but yeah that, that's pretty much it, so why don't we uh why don't we go ahead and start diving into the topics? You're a little bit more informed on these than I am because uh i my computer still has not completely shipped. They shipped my computer tower and then delayed my monitors for a whole weekend, and I, they were supposed to come yesterday, and I delayed them again so
2: <laughs> yeah that that sounds about right <laughs> who who'd you ship them with what what company?
1: Uh, if we get them to sponsor us, I'll let you know.
2: <laughs> all right, all right, fair enough. Okay, so this week there has been quite a bit of drama, okay? And kind of the first thing I want to touch on is something that has been a hot topic in the past 24 hours or so. Um, So... More so than Overwatch 1, scrim codes have been leaked, okay? And when I'm talking about scrim codes, I'm talking about Overwatch League scrim codes and contenders, top top contenders, uh, scrim codes in particular. Um, so I believe so far it's been like San Francisco Shock, Gladiator, Spitfire, Vancouver, Chengdu. Like all of these teams have had their, their codes leaked. Um, and just posted on Reddit for the world to see, okay? And so that that is what ha- what has happened. And now we kind of have two uh, two different sides to uh, this argument, okay? We have one side that's saying this is completely great. There's transparency. We can you know root for these teams in the off season. We like kind of know what's going on. And then there's one side that's that's kind of saying like this should not happen. There should be no universe where scrim codes are leaked and we should respect the team's privacy uh, and give them the the time they need to practice. Uh, and And so it's it's just been a really interesting thing to kind of see this like play out recently. Um, so I, I'd love to hear your kind of take on it. So my big question to you, okay, should Overwatch League codes stay private or should they be public knowledge?
1: I think that I'm going to take another, as I usually do, I have an interesting sort of in-the-middle take on this. Um, The problem with leaking all of the scrims is that that would drive already sort of sparse viewing for Overwatch League down even further because there would be an oversaturation of content, Right. right? Overwatch League teams scrim many, 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 many times a week, so... If we're, if we're leaking and putting out content that has all of those matches together, it de-incentivizes people from watching the main thing, right? So we need to be taking a, a very smart approach as to like, how much do we put out there if we were to go down that path, right? Um, so on the other hand, I think that there is a, uh, there is good that comes from having some of the scrims posted. Um, It would allow us to watch more matches. It would allow people who are like, you know, just kind of... They want to see something, but there's nothing scheduled and they have time. Like There is some merit to adding more scrims into the content uh, sphere. But I don't know. I I don't think they should all be leaked. Um, I think if they are leaked, it shouldn't be the codes. It should be some kind of video or or something.
2: Yeah. To to kind of add on to that too, um, leaking codes kind of almost in a way gives you too much information, right? Because not only in a replay code can you kind of like watch the match from like a top-down view, um, but you can go into like specific players, like uh, POVs or like their their views and just watch them like take the whole map and the whole fight. And that is completely different content than what, you know, we see broadcast um, on the Overwatch League, right? So you can really, like, see, like, okay, why does this player do, you know, why do they flank here? Why do they use this ability cooldown here? And that is so much information. And um, while I think it could be good for, like, a learning experience, if you take that from the point of view of the pros, it's like, well you know, now my flank on Route 66, second point, like now that is public knowledge, right? That might not be something that they they want to share. That's like almost like taking, you know, a football player's playbook and just laying it on the table and just saying like, here you go. This is what we have. This is what we're going to do. Um, and so like, I think I, I agree with you. I think there should be some sort of like balance of where like you, you shouldn't be allowed to know everything I think that's not really fair to the the pro players who who put in I think it's like something like uh three scrim blocks a day which is six hours minimum plus review so like eight to ten hours right um I I don't think it's fair to them but I do agree like the offseason is is lacking for content right so maybe there should be Maybe that's a way for like Blizzard to incentivize maybe like some more like public show matches or maybe like coaches for like their respective teams could go in and be like, okay, this is, you know, um, Ultraviolet. How does Ultraviolet play Junkertown? Why does he do this decision making and show what they want to show? And then that way, you know, the teams have a little bit more control over, you know, their strats and what is actually being seen by the public.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I agree. It's, it, there should be limitations set on it. I don't think that there's anything bad inherently about putting scrims out there, but like you said, when you're able to go and like watch one player's <clears throat> point of view, see their plays, their strategies, see their tricks, that's a big deal. Um, so I definitely think there should be limitations on it. And also, just real quick, this is a tangent, but I do want to apologize. Uh, my audio setup is not proper. Right now. Uh, so if you're watching, I'm actually in my real estate office recording this podcast today. Um, soon I will have all my stuff here and it will actually be much higher quality. But for now, just bear with me, please. But anyway, going back to what we were talking about. Um, sorry, I just wanted to throw that in. Uh, I think that having the scrim codes, or sorry, not the scrim codes, but having the scrims broadcasted in some way adds more content into the space which is really what we need. I mean, we, we need to have people be there to sort of uh, build up some tension, uh, be more committed to Overwatch League. We really need to find a way to drive viewers in. If we do that with all the scrims, it's not going to be good because there'll be too much. But if we do that with none of them, I mean, we've already seen it doesn't really work out too well. So, yeah, and,
2: and, and part of, I think... Um what some people were saying you know um on reddit and and twitter and such was you know they don't like a lot of the viewers feel that they don't you know necessarily care about the individual players as much as they did in like season one uh and such and and they think maybe that's because of like lack of content or you know Um, you know, not being able to connect with the players on the teams as much or even just like people being swapped around to a bunch of different rosters. So you can't really build that like loyalty. And I definitely agree, but I feel like maybe some of that is coming from also just like, players not caring about the content (laughs) side of things as much. Um, You know, like people would say, oh, you know, like these pros, they used to stream like all the time and you'd be able to see like all this stuff. And I don't think pros necessarily used to stream scrims, but it was more so they would be more willing to engage with their audience and more willing to kind of like um, just stream and and be a, a content creator. So that That's my interesting take. I don't know if you necessarily agree, but I definitely feel like there has been a lack of, of players wanting to, to create content, for sure.
1: Yeah, and I think another big thing that people don't really talk about is... I don't know how to say this without it being slightly controversial. <laughs> the Overwatch scene is extremely soft. Like, <laughs> really, really... They they find people for like (laughs) basic trash talk. You know what I mean. Like we we have to have some. Someone has to be the heel. Okay. Any look at any successful entertainment product. There's someone who is the guy you want to lose. Right. There's someone like that. Right. And sometimes even played by someone who's a good guy. You might have a good guy who's just really good at being an asshole. Right. Mm -hmm. So you need that to build tension, to build sort of, lo- like, not loyalty, but interest from someone, right? Yeah. Someone that you see who's, like, playing against your favorite player, right, and someone you know is, like, really good, and they're always, the other person's always being, like, an ass, you're going to want to see your favorite player smash them, right? So if we completely just water down all the personality in the league to be the super, like, ultra sportsmanlike right there's nothing wrong with being a sportsmanlike right but if there's no conflict there's no rivalry there's no nothing it gets boring you know that's just how it is it just gets boring so i think that there is a need for more content creating like you said and i think there's a need for more story ex- yeah more story more excitement the only way they can really do that is by letting someone step in and be rude be like, hey, you know, you suck. I'm gonna I'm gonna destroy you next time. I don't care. Right? Like <laughs> let, let let it get a little there is obviously lines, right? There's things that are okay to say on a level of like, okay, you know, it's it's banter, it's you know, you know, it, it might annoy the other person. And then there's attacking somebody, right? Mm-hmm. And stuff right. like attacks on someone's identity or you know preference, that kind of stuff, that's not okay. Right. But it's way too soft right now, right? There, there's things that can be said that don't go past that point that can't be said because it'll just get fine. So, you know, I, I think that there, there needs to be more story, like you said. There needs to be more conflict. Overwatch League needs to be more okay with people stepping out of line, being like having some banter between each other, right? They, they really need someone to be like the villain, you know? Um, Yeah, I I definitely
2: uh, agree. There we've had some we've had some villain moments, but I think most of those kind of get uh, I I would agree like a little bit shut down. Um, speaking of villain arcs and villain moments, (laughs) you may not agree with me here. Um, but going over to the pro am scene, okay. So we recently in Overwatch uh just had a pretty big tournament conclude um this past weekend. So yesterday I believe it concluded. Um, And it was won by the Saints or Maryville, right? And maybe this is my own story that I've maybe made up in my head, but I would kind of say like Maryville is kind of like the big bad wolf in terms of like the tier two scene, right? They're kind of like the people you, you see and you expect them to go in and win and when they did. Um, So what are your thoughts on that?
1: Well, Maryville has always been a team that I've really liked. Um, you know that that's the they've been through lots of different rosters. We've had players I believe from Maryville go up to overwatch league mm-hmm. uh pretty regularly, so you know it's very interesting to see kind of uh, culture that they've built on that team and how many notable people have come from maryville um I'm not surprised that they they won by any means um I think it. Would be interesting to see them be the villain a little bit more, because <laughs> um, you know the, when, when you're when you're a team that's like always winning, right? That's the prime person to start being the villain, right? Yep. Because then when they finally lose, it feels so good, right? But I don't dislike anyone on Maryville. I don't dislike Maryville. It's just like oh, they won again, you yep, know?
2: Exactly. Um
1: But anyway, yeah. I mean, it, it was. It's interesting to see. I, I hope there are more tournaments like the Pro-Am to, to come. Um and, and yeah, I mean, I, no, no surprise there from my end, that's for sure.
2: Yeah, Um the Path to Pro scene has done a really great job recently of kind of like, they dropped a schedule that outlined the entire year of like, okay, we're going to run this Pro Amateur tournament from... I don't remember the date, but like from this date to this date. And then we're going to have open division from this date to this date. And then this is when contenders is going to run. And that's definitely been a, a step in the right direction because in previous years, it was just kind of like up in the air. Like we had no idea <laughs> when tournaments were going to come out. And it was just kind of like, well, maybe I'll try out for this team, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't know when it's going to, when this next tournament's going to start. We don't know how long we have to practice for it. Um, and then in like two weeks before I'd be like, oh, it's, it's, it's coming. So I hope you're ready, <laughs> I hope you have a full team. Um, speaking of Blizzard and their involvement with tournaments, um, during the Pro Amateur Tur- Tournament, and I believe the match was um, Trick Room and Maryville. So this was like during the finals, I believe. Um, it might've been the semifinals, but I believe it was the finals. Um, the Blizzard servers crashed, okay? And so you might be thinking, okay, whatever, Blizzard servers crash, it happens, it's a game, right? Things things are going to happen. But this happened in the finals of a tournament when I believe Trick Room had capped Junkertown all the way to third, which is already a feat in itself, with minutes to spare. So I think they had about three minutes on the clock. They had capped Junkertown all the way to third, and um, Maryville was getting a little bit stumped on their, their own attack. So we have a decent chunk of this map already being played, already kind of a little bit one-sided, right? And then the service crash. So it kind of goes into like that thinking of like, okay, so how do we deal with this? Do we just restart the map? Do we let, you know, Trick Room cap with, you know, the amount of time that they had left to, to you know, make it as fair as it had been? Um, what is the answer there? Um, and I personally, you know, I, you know, lean more towards in letting the players, you know, get what they had earned already, letting them, letting them cap. That's definitely what I lean more towards. But I'd be interested to hear, hear your take, Highway.
1: So where was, the, uh, where was the attacking team at when the round crashed or when the service crashed?
2: I think they were on second point, but I think it was like a minute, two minutes. It had, they, I don't think they had a ton of time. I could be wrong.
1: So the problem with, uh, because like Counter-Strike, for example, uh, another competitive FPS, when there's a crash, they tend to reset the round to back before, like just the round, right? Right. With Overwatch, that's a little bit more complex because the rounds are much longer, right? Um, There's less, really there's two rounds in Payload, for example, Mm -hmm. right? So my, my take is honestly, I think that that attacking side should have been repeated, but the the team that had already capped through the map they should be able to keep their time.
2: Yeah, I I completely completely agree. And something else that kind of like goes along with that as well is when you and, and let let's just say now that Blizzard uh or the contenders, staff, or whatever, they had made the decision in the moment to have them just restart the entire match. When you are a team that is attacking, um, you have set plays and you have set strats, which kind of goes back into the replay code thing we were talking about. And so when you force a team to replay, you're kind of giving them the disadvantage because the defenders know what they're going to do and have maybe, you know... Hindsight is 2020, right? And being able to do something again, you're like, oh, well, you know, they did this last time. So let's make sure they're not able to do this and and win that that specific way. So you're kind of able to counter them a little bit better. So it, it definitely gives them, you know, less of uh an advantage and and definitely like kind of messes up their plays in in a way. So I I definitely agree, like finding some way, although th- I don't there's no way currently in the settings to just like set the defenders or whatever to have like three minutes in the time bank or have like one team cap already with three minutes. Um, there there, there either needs to like be some like custom game code where they can do that and they can like set certain time or parameters or like give them an extra point or something or they just need to uh, just, let them, just let them walk the cart in and cap with the same amount of time. <laughs> there has to be something.
1: Yeah, I think that's actually the fault of Blizzard um, not having something like that built in because it is built into like competitive counterfeit. Right. Um, you know, it's just another thing that Blizzard needs to look into and, and find a solution to because the Overwatch 2 servers aren't great. So it's going to happen <laughs> more. This isn't going to be the last time. It's not even the first time. So, you know, we need some systems in place to make sure that when this happens, we have an answer for it. Um, and yeah, I, I totally agree. There needs to be something like you said that could add and remove parameters uh, at, at will. So definitely an interesting, uh, interesting thing though. I mean, that's really the only way I see that's fair to mm-hmm. resolving it is letting the attacking side repeat that round and whoever has already gone through gets to keep what they, they did.
2: Yeah, I, I agree. Um, so, kind of moving on to more general Overwatch news, okay? So, the matchmaking system has been a hot topic as of late. Um, There have been some people saying, you know, that GM players are now boosted. Like, if you get GM for the first time in the season, you know, it was easier than previous seasons. There's been, you know, people... Um, talking about having golds and jam lobbies and and just all sorts of things going on. So uh, I, I'm very curious to hear <laughs> what you have to say um, and what's going on there.
1: So this is actually a pretty important message. I want to preface all of this with um, achieving something is most important to you, right? If being a grandmaster is what you want to do the only person who can take away that accomplishment is you, right? So I've gotten messages lately where people are like, hey, you know, I've uh, been playing Overwatch for years now and I finally hit Grandmaster, but everyone's telling me it doesn't count because it's easier in Overwatch 2 and whatever. My answer is always that, again, the only person who can ever undermine that accomplishment is going to be yourself. So if it's something you wanted to do, relish in the fact that you have done it, Right. There's a simple fact Overwatch 1 is shut down. Okay, it doesn't matter what you did in Overwatch 1, it's not there anymore. Okay, whether you like it or not, this is where we are. So, if you hit GM right now, great, right? Is it easier? Is it harder? I mean, it doesn't matter, right? So, if you're someone who's watching and you want to hit GM go for it. And when you do, don't let anyone tell you, oh, you know, it doesn't count because it's easy or whatever. Doesn't matter. You did it, right? The value in that accomplishment is going to come from you. Anyway, with that out of the way, okay, just wanted to make sure I preface that before I say anything. With that out of the way, I want to say, I do think that it has become a shit show. (laughs) Um, I think that rank is it's crazy. Uh, my boss, um, so the, the person I, st- I came to do real estate for, when I first met him, he was a gold player. Okay. By the end of Overwatch One, when it shut down, he'd gotten into low math. Mass-
2: oh, did we lose highway? What is going on? Wait, hold on. We might be having oh. some um. Hello are are you there?
1: I'm here now. Did I lose, I lost you for a second.
2: I don't know if it was me who was lost was or you lost. who was lost.
1: No, I mean it was definitely you because my my Wi-Fi is still strong here.
2: Okay, sure. We'll go with that. <laughs> either either way, we're back. Okay. So you were saying your your boss who was and um, did masters on Overwatch one? Yes.
1: Yeah, he was low masters, high deck at the end of overwatch one and going into overwatch two all right he's now high masters slash gm right um but the other day he was in a gold game okay at, at he's ranked masters and was in a gold game okay um so i don't know why i don't know how but Seeing gold and silver players with like masters, diamonds, and grandmasters is a very interesting sight, to say the least. Uh, it really is something to see a matchmaker that will put people who are six or seven or eight or nine or even twenty in tiers. Since now it's diamond one, two, three, four, five, right? Um, it's weird seeing people who are so far apart being placed together, um, and it's definitely a problem. It is definitely a problem. Um, so Matchmaker needs to be fixed, It needs to be worked on, and I would say that now, yeah, it's a little easier to get into uh, Grandmaster, in my opinion. Um, the general player base is worse. Uh, there's a lot of people who, people seem to think that it's because Overwatch 2 is, like, you know, easier. I don't think it's easier. I think the players are just worse. I mean... There's a lot of people who have quit. There's not as much competition. Um, A lot of the people who are getting the Grandmaster are only getting there because of mechanics, right? So a lot of them don't know what they're talking about. They they don't have an idea on the game sense level of things. They just know how to aim well. So is it easier? Yeah, I think. But also it's just... Matchmaking just needs to be fixed, man. It really does. Yeah, and...
2: And I, I kind of so. have, like, something to to build off of there as well is um, I, I also agree with you that I, I do think it has become easier. But I think the difference now, um, just because of the way that Matchmaker works of where it, like, kind of builds um, these teams where you could have, like, a Diamond player on a team full of GMs or something like that or even, like, a Plat player or something like that, um, and Matchmaker makes it balance because, oh, you know, the other team is going to also have a plat player. Well, regardless of who wins, you know, that plat player is being taken up by the rest of their team, you know? Um, so it's kind of like, it, it kind of almost makes it so, I'm not saying like boosted, but it, it's definitely easier uh, for your team to to kind of <laughs> pull you up with them, right? Um, so there, there's that. And then I also think, um, too, you're right. Like the the players are are worse, right? And and that is also because the player base is bigger, right? With a, a bigger pool of people, you're going to have you know more people who are kind of eh, and you're gonna have more people that are kind of eh, even worse than eh. And so then you know when you have your players who were maybe high diamond in in Overwatch One, um, they're going to come and suddenly be high masters because there are you know less people that are, or more people that are worse than them. (laughs) So they kind of get lifted up. Uh, In the same sense, I've also seen um, some posts where some people have uh, gotten to GM. And this is, I think, where my biggest problem is, um, have gotten to GM or even GM1 um, with win rates that are around like 50%. And now this is where I kind of take issue because it kind of seems like the If you just play, if you just play the game and you put in time, you will reach the highest rank. And, you know, that'd be fine if, you know, there was something beyond, um, you know, GM1, which I guess you could argue is top 500. But um, it just seems like if you if you just play, you'll just eventually end up getting it right. So. We might have to do something, you know, that that Valorant did. And and maybe what I would suggest to to Blizzard is, you know, instead of and I don't remember the Valorant ranks. I just know that they at one point their highest rank was so kind of inflated that they added another rank on top of that for to kind of like separate it and even it out and make it a little bit more challenging. So that is my kind of like thought process. I do think it has become easier, but I also do think that if you just put in the time, you you will get to where you want to be.
1: Yeah, I mean, I absolutely agree. Um, I think it, it is like they do need to figure it out and make it still be skill-based. But, I mean, you know, it's hard when, like you said, there's an influx of new players that really are not as good as the old players just because they don't have all the game sense and all the experience built up. So, yep, you know, it's interesting to see, that's for sure.
2: Okay, um, and then I think kind of like the last question that I have about the matchmaker for you is kind of um, the thought process of would you rather have like short cues and have like less balanced games or would you ha- rather have longer cues and have more balanced games? What, where do you think you stand there?
1: For me personally, longer queue. Um, what, what I think is healthiest for the game would be the shorter queue. That's my take because really, um, people these days are very uh, reluctant to wait a super long time uh, for anything. It's very much where to we're, we're, we've become a lot more impatient with things like TikTok. I sound like a boomer now, but <laughs> I know you're through. right. <laughs> I'm just telling you like it is. Like I'm, I'm not that old, right? But literally, like stuff like TikTok. Uh, stuff like, just even the way games are structured now versus before, right? Go back and play a game like Half-Life, okay? And compare that to like Borderlands 3 or something. Like, everything's so much flashier, so much like reward system, reward system, reward system, don't dopamine. It's like people don't want to wait for a super long queue anymore, right? And if there is super long queues, then the player base is going to fall off because people don't want to wait and on top of that some people don't have time to wait right so for me I'm very patient I have a lot of time to play when I do play so I'm okay with waiting for a longer queue to get a better game but I know that that is not the majority of people right so if we're talking like what's best for the game as a whole the shorter queues is probably the way to go uh, to a degree you still want fairly balanced games you don't want to have like goals and, and masters or grandmaster games but you do want to have a a a pretty short queue, you know? Yeah,
2: and I I agree. I I also think the shorter queue is going to be in the long-term healthier for the game. Um, Maybe there is some, like, happy medium there that, you know, maybe we wait, like, five, ten minutes and then find whatever game we can in that time. But um, I I also personally would prefer the longer queue myself. But that's just because I I got some nice custom games i've got that infinity stairs on lock <laughs> i'm i'm in there <laughs> um but yeah i i do i do agree with you that the shorter queue is what's going to be healthiest for the game in the long run for sure
1: you know what infinity stairs reminds me of
2: what a mobile game because me do
1: <laughs> don't step on the white tile did you ever play that
2: yeah i think so <laughs> all right you guys have
1: that a lot it's pretty fun,
2: <laughs> all right, so I do want to talk a little bit about the meta, um and this is what I have heard on the grapevine. This is what I have experienced um from my scrims And so I want to talk to you a bit about it. So again, we are the smartest people ever, and we have accurately predicted that, you know, ball is going to be played. Um but I wanted to talk about you a bit about the versatility that we have been um seeing okay so one of the things that we have been seeing right uh is there's been ball comp with the traditional you know brigzen um played with the tracer sombra and then we also have um the monkey grand finals comp being played with the kiriko lucio right um with the reaper and going really really quickly and then we also have this like cass ryan may comp being played with the bap as well um and, and they're all kind of being played about the same frequency, I would say, with the only difference being where they're being played, um, being map dependent. So, of course, we have the Rhine comp kind of reigning supreme on closer maps. We've got the, um, you know, the monkey comp being played a little bit more on um, maps with vertical vert- verticality. And then the... Ball comps, of course, being played on maps where there's a lot more open space for that Zenyatta. So it's kind of interesting. We have this almost like um, rock, paper, scissors going on again. Um, But I will have to say I have an inkling that the meta is going to go back to the grand finals comp. And here's why. Okay. Some people are playing hybrid comps where they're playing like um, with the ball or diva. They're playing Lucio Kiri. OK, instead of like this brig set. And the reason for that is because people don't care about having a backline that is being engaged on and they just want to be able to go in quickly and win. And so I think if that stays the same, we will kind of have teams kind of go back to that grand final style and and playing the the monkey reaper um, stuff. But yeah, I, I would love to hear your thoughts. Um, having Played them all uh, and on different stages of the maps. I definitely have some opinions, but I want to hear just from your thoughts from hearing it.
1: I don't foresee Reaper coming back. Um, the okay. biggest problem with Reaper, this is why he was meta before. Um, the previous DPS passive was that when you got an elimination, you would get a reload speed boost and a movement speed boost, right? So Reaper would be able to kind of snowball in. Right okay. when someone died, he was able to chase, and that combined with the Lucio speed made him really fast. And once he lost that, he lost a lot of his ability to actually engage and take control of the, the fight. So I think instead of Reaper, we're gonna see Cassidy uh, if we do go to something like that. Um, and if not Cassidy, then it's gonna be like you said, all engagement. Um, you know, something like Lucio Pirico, We we, I mean, we might even see May for all we know. May is pretty difficult to engage on as well. And her wall goes pretty far, so you can really split people off and engage on them with the wall. But um I definitely agree with you. I I see us going more towards a composition that's like full send. Um Lucio yeah. Kiriko, Ball or Um, I still to this day think diva is really underutilized just because a lot of the newer players don't really know how to play her. Um and I, I think that we'll we'll see her sooner rather than later. Um and if not her then wrecking ball. I mean wrecking ball like like we talked about I knew he was going to be meta. Um, I also <laughs> just want to say, I knew Cassidy was also going to be meta, right? Um, that was a change that was very overlooked by all my peers. And then people say, oh, it's not enough. But sure enough, look what's happened. Cassidy dominates most games now. So, you know, definitely like uh, seeing some interesting shifts in the meta. Um, yeah, I mean, I think we hit the nail right out of the head, though. That's really my take on on all.
2: Yeah, and and especially, you know, Open Division is coming up. Um, We also have, you know, Overwatch League is only, what, like a couple months away, a month away? I'm not sure the exact start, but it's coming, right? And so I think once that kind of, like, starts, you know, its regular streaming schedule people are going to be a lot more, like, in tune. Of course, right? Because we're going to be able to see and, and really see in real time the, the meta evolve. But I think once, like, actual matches start, teams are going to stop experimenting and just start rolling, right? There's there's not going to be any more, like, oh, well, maybe we can play this here. Maybe it's good. And people are just going to see, like, okay, that team ran this comp and they steamrolled? Okay, maybe maybe we just play this comp, right? So we'll see a lot more mirroring and a lot less experimentation going on. Um, But yeah, that that's... Pretty much all I have, Um, my kind of like final thoughts, you know, definitely want to see Blizzard implement some sort of like a way for custom game modes to (laughs) put in, you know, some sort of values, you know, so if the game crashes, we can at least set the score to, you know, round, I don't know, cough, you know, make it so somebody won a round or something. We don't have to repeat it again, but um, yeah, that's all I got by you, Highway.
1: Yeah, I'd just like them to see uh, I'd like to see them just fix the various problems with the game, um, <laughs> And, um, you know, just just do a little bit of development work, I think. Uh, that's that's kind of my take on it. There's just like, okay, week one, fine, right? Bad matchmaking is a thing. 25 million players suddenly coming in. Whatever, right? Month one, eh, kind of dragging your feet a little bit, maybe pick up the pace, right? It's now March of the following year that it released. Um, it released back in October, right? Or September?
2: I think it was October. It was like October 11th or something.
1: Right, so it released in October. Um, we went through Christmas, went through New Year's, we went through Valentine's Day, matchbreakers still broken, right? Yep. We just get that fixed. I mean, the, the game would be in a much better place. Simple as that.
2: Hey, so the new top. the new skin pack though is like forty dollars. There's there's that for you. Oh
1: well, yeah, the anime one, right? <laughs> <laughs> Here, to be just to be clear, right? I don't wanna sound ignorant. Uh I know that the the skin team and the art team is different from the development team. Okay. So I'll throw that out there. Yeah. It doesn't mean that I can't be upset with the development team. All right. They're being dumb. They need to fix their, their stuff. But we'll get there. You know, I have faith in them um hot take i still think overwatch 2 is better than overwatch 1 to this day me too. Um, i think tank needs a lot of work as well tank is too easy but yeah that, no that's pretty much it for me too um i will we will talk more about tank being a little bit too easy on the next podcast as well mm-hmm. I'll, I'll expand my thoughts on that uh because we're, we're going to be running uh, a little bit uh short today we're going to be stopping a little early so but uh, yeah, Any, anything else from you, uh, Armor?
2: No, I definitely. Maybe next week we can talk about you know what role is the easiest. That'll be that'll be our headline. <laughs> um, yeah, no, Thanks. that <laughs> that's pretty much the the only thing from me. Um, yeah, so we will see you guys next Monday. Um, we started Tuesday this week just because of you know the uh, real life stuff that we've had going on. You know, moving uh highway still doesn't have you know his monitors so <laughs> we've kind of been waiting for those um but yeah we will be back uh, monday same time on the prediction uh podcast at 3 p.m eastern okay so i
3: will see you guys then all right bye guys bye everyone everyone is talking about magnesium it's all you hear about but why what do we know about magnesium